This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Payer Issues Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Nima Stevens, National Medical Director for Health Equity at Cigna. Dr. Stevens, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Good morning, Laura, and thanks so much for having me. Now, I know we've got a lot to talk about. There's so much happening in healthcare and so many exciting things, but before we dive into our discussion, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself as well as Cigna? Absolutely. Well, my name is Nina Stevens, and I'm the National Medical Director for Health Equity at Cigna. Cigna, as you know, is a global health services company dedicated to improving the health, well-being, and peace of mind of those that we serve. We have a very large workforce of over 70,000 employees across the world. Cigna has U.S. commercial, Medicare Advantage, and individual and family plans. And with Evernorth and Express Scripts, we deliver an integrated suite of health services, such as medical, dental, behavioral health, pharmacy, vision, and other related products. So that's the background on the company. Now, in my role, I serve as the clinical lead for our enterprise health equity strategy. I'm also a member of our Enterprise Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Council, led by the CEO, David Cordani. We are working to build inclusive environments for both our internal workforce and for the patients and communities we serve. In terms of my background, I'm a board-certified nephrologist, and prior to joining Cigna, I had a full-time patient care role, caring for patients with end-stage renal disease, preparing them for kidney transplant, and providing long-term care after transplant. So that's a little bit about my background. Well, fascinating, you know, and to think going from that clinical side of things and really treating patients every day to then joining Cigna and, and having the opportunity to affect people's lives on a much, much broader scale, that must have been quite a, a jump, but I'm sure a, a gratifying one as well. It has been. And, you know, it's an important point that you mentioned, because as a clinician, I was able to care for patients one patient at a time. And I noticed the health disparities and, and I felt like I only had within, within reach, you know, the ability to impact the people within my reach. Now being on this side, working on the, on the payer side, it's been a phenomenal opportunity because now we look at populations of people and really involved with population health. So it's, it's quite an honor and, a, and a, an opportunity for me that I don't take for granted to be able to really focus on efforts that promote diversity, equity, and inclusion and really focus on programming to reduce health disparities. Uh, so it, it's been in, incredibly rewarding. Well, Dr. Stevens, based on your role as the National Medical Director for Health Equity at Cigna, what are some of the big trends that you're following most closely in healthcare today? Well, there's a lot going on right now in healthcare today, but I'm paying very close attention to trends in mental health, maternal health, and basically any and all activity related to health equity. And when it comes to mental health, we're seeing a huge surge in the rates of anxiety, depression, and loneliness. The statistics are sobering. At present, 30% of Americans have developed anxiety disorders, and one in four Americans has struggled with depression since the beginning of the pandemic. In 2020, twice as many people said they considered suicide compared to 2018. And we're seeing the impact on all age groups from you know, preschool kids to teenagers, adults. And we know that not all people are impacted equally. For example, youth who identify as LGBTQ have higher risk of mental health conditions. There is an urgent need for mental health support in America, and we have a role to play, a huge role to play to remove the stigma of seeking help. Now, another topic I'm following relates to maternal health, 
you know, I'm a mother of three, so this topic is very important to me. You may be surprised to learn that the U.S. has the highest maternal mortality rate among developed nations. And despite all that we spend on healthcare and all the advancements in medicine, our rates of maternal morbidity and mortality are actually going up. And when you take a closer look, you'll find that there are significant racial disparities. Black women and birthing people are dying at three to four times the rate of their white counterparts. And Native Americans are more than twice as likely to die of pregnancy-related complications. And the literature states that over half of these deaths are preventable. There are also significant disparities in terms of maternal morbidity and preterm births. We care deeply about these issues and we're following um, progress with the White House. The White House has been an active leader in this space and the Biden administration has included maternal health equity as a key priority within their broader health equity agenda. And we've also rolled out initiatives such as our preterm birth pilot to make a difference in this space. And last but not least, I'm monitoring industry updates that pertain to health equity in general. For example, um, recently CMS outlined their health equity agenda and, and showcased their framework for equity. We're actively engaged with organizations like AHIP and the National Alliance to Impact the Social Determinants of Health with the goal of collaborating with stakeholder organizations to address social needs and advance health equity. Well, it sounds like you've got a lot going on there and so many important things looking at the mental health aspect, maternal health, and how health equity dovetails into pretty much everything that's going on in healthcare today. From your perspective, are there any programs or initiatives that you're doing right now you particularly wanted to call out? Well, thank you, Laura. There are actually two efforts that I'd like to highlight today. First, you know, given the mental health crisis, we've taken additional steps to really facilitate better integration of behavioral health within our medical um, programs. We're partnering with our healthcare providers to provide them with actionable data so they can actively engage their high-risk patients, screen for depression, and then provide care coordination um, to behavioral healthcare services. We developed a provider quick referral guide for our value-based collaborative groups, which not only has community providers, but also lists digital and virtual off um, offerings and also connects them within our Evernorth behavioral teams. There's a lot of different ways that we're really trying to reduce the stigma of seeking care and making it easier to access care. Second, I'd like to highlight our preterm birth pilot. We recognize the disparities that are present with regards to preterm birth and the impact it has in terms of infant mortality. And therefore, we partnered with our physician and providers in both Houston and Baltimore to kick off our preterm birth pilot. Essentially, we are identifying women and serving people early in their pregnancy and enrolling them in our pregnancy care management programs. Also, with our partnership with Express Scripts, we're able to ship out prenatal vitamins and other essential medicines to help prevent um, premature births. In addition to that, we have a layer of support screening for social needs. So if people endorse uh, issues with access to healthy foods or access to transportation to and from their appointments, we're able to connect them with services to meet that need. This pilot is still underway and we're rapidly expanding to other markets this year. Well, I know you mentioned that some of the big trends in healthcare right now are looking at mental health, some of the anxiety, depression, loneliness, challenges with maternal health, which we've talked about a little bit, some of the initiatives behind that, you know, that you're working on with Cigna as well as health equity. What steps are you taking as a payer to address these trends? Well, this is an important question, and many of us are asking ourselves the same question every day. 
how can we as a payer or as a healthcare system or even as a business entity uh, make an impact in this space? So I'd like to comment on our approach to health equity. Now, to level set, I want to let the audience know that at Cigna, we strive to ensure that all people, not just Cigna customers, but all people have the opportunity to achieve their full health potential, regardless of socioeconomic status, regardless of environmental circumstances. This serves as our guiding principle and our North Star. So how do we do that? We have a data-driven strategy that allows us to identify health disparities in our patient populations and identify root causes. We enhance our solutions and benefits. We collaborate. We collaborate with clients and our healthcare providers to advance this work. And we're also committed to expanding access to digital solutions while also taking steps to reduce the digital divide. So that's our overall strategy in a nutshell. Now, we are working to embed health equity into everything we do, and that includes training our workforce. Now, this is the kind of the behind-the-scenes work that doesn't make the headlines, but we really invested in training opportunities for all of our enterprise employees to develop core competencies and skills to incorporate health equity into their everyday work. And we also developed a dedicated health equity leadership development program, and that engages leaders from across the enterprise. I'm also proud to report a number of enhancements that we've made to improve access to equitable care. First of all, with our provider directory. We are working to promote inclusive environments, and so we updated our provider directory to make it easier for customers to find providers who are competent in providing inclusive care for LGBTQ patients. We also enhanced our approach to medical coverage policies. We know that when someone needs to have a test or a procedure, one of the first questions they ask is, well, will this be covered by my insurance? So we already had a, a rigorous evidence-based process in place to determine which tests to cover and which procedures to cover, but we also included a health equity review step. And in that process of reviewing all of our coverage positions, we've made some changes to expand access to treatments that will help improve health disparities. One example I'm proud to share is the bariatric surgery policy. In the past, we had a universal body mass index criteria for all people when they're being evaluated for bariatric surgery. But when we learned uh, and better understood the impact of um, cardiovascular disease risks and other risk of diabetes in Asian Americans at a lower body mass index, we took the time to carefully research that and we adjusted our coverage position. Since we're aware of these disparities, we've actually lowered the body mass index criteria for people of Asian descent. These are exciting ways in which we're able to adopt our knowledge of health disparities and directly apply them to our approach to coverage policies. And finally, during the pandemic, we saw a surge of people in, in need of basic needs, basic necessities like food, transportation. People were experiencing problems with maintaining housing. And so we're aware of these social challenges that our patients um, experience. So our case managers, both on the medical and the behavioral health side, in addition to our coaches, are aggressively screening patients for social needs. And we have a digital platform that we utilize called findhealth.org to help make appropriate referrals to local resources. So I'm really excited about the body of work. This is literally the tip of the iceberg. There's a lot of efforts underway, but those are a few that I'd like to highlight today. Got it. That's so helpful to know and really something that makes a big difference for the communities and the members that you serve. Now, before we wrap up our discussion, I have one more question for you. 
How are you seeing value-based care evolving in the future? Another great question. We view value-based care as an important strategy to improve outcomes. In fact, we've developed two dedicated quality measures that focus on health equity. So for our collaborative accountable care programs with our physician partners, we are incentivizing them to screen for social needs and to make appropriate referrals. And we're also incentivizing them to identify a health disparity that impacts their patient population and to develop an action plan. In the context of hospitals, we're encouraging hospitals um, within our network to deepen their commitment to health equity, and we're incentivizing them to, um, to sign the American Hospital Association Health Equity Pledge. By signing the pledge, hospitals have agreed to take actions to promote culturally and linguistically appropriate services and other health equity measures. I think we're going to continue to see the inclusion of health equity quality measures within our value-based care models moving forward. Dr. Stevens, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really fantastic discussion, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. It has been my pleasure, and thank you so much again um, for inviting me to join you today.